episode five is here, and you have stopped at the right place, the Be Contagious Leadership Experience Season 3. And, you know, I was just talking to my producer about our music, and I got a couple <laughs> messages. I can't even talk right now. I got a couple messages um, from people who are loving the vibe. And then I got a couple people saying, yo, H, I didn't know you liked EDM. And for those of you who don't know who, what EDM is, it's electronic dance music. I said, listen, it sounds great, so we're going to play it all day long. But nonetheless, thanks so much for joining us. Today, we have Tammy Matheny. She's the owner-director of Refuse to Lose Coaching and co-owner of Success for Teams, but she's also a three-time author. She has a book called This Is Good, The Confident Athlete and The Confidence Journal. So I want you to sit back, break out your notebook. You're going to love what Tammy is going to drop some knowledge today, and I hope you enjoy it. Guys, before we get started, I want to talk to you about the power of gratitude. It is the missing superpower when it comes to our players, our coaches, our family members, everyone. You know, so I encourage you to head over to HernandoPlanels.com. We've put together a great 30-day gratitude journal called the High Performing Gratitude Journal. It's designed for your athletes, for your coaches, for your people to increase performance each and every day. You are going to unleash the power of gratitude, and you will reach levels in your life that you can't even imagine. So head over to the website, HernandoPlanels.com. Hope you pick it up, and I'll talk to you soon. Welcome back to the Be Contagious Leadership Experience today in our never-ending quest to bring quality, amazing people to the show. We have Tammy Matheny joining us. How are you doing, Tammy? I'm doing well. I hope you are. I, you know what I have? This is on my fifth cup of coffee I'm on this morning which means we are revved up and ready to go. So, Tammy, are you ready to go, though? That's the question. I only had three cups, but I'm ready. <laughs> Combined, we're at a power eight. Watch <laughs> out now. Tammy, if, for those who don't know you, if you don't mind giving the elevator speech of who you are and what you do. All right. I'm Tammy Matheny. I am a mental game coach. I own my own company, Refuse to Lose Coaching. And I tell everyone that I have the best job in America, I get to work in sports, work with athletes, work with coaches, work with teams, sometimes parents, on just strengthening the mental game. It's awesome. It's a huge part it's of what's going on in athletes today. I think as, as the athlete world continues, you're seeing more and more emphasis on it. I think one of the things, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Michael Jordan documentary about himself because he loves himself so much, but that's another topic. <laughs> hey, I'm a Tar Heel too, right? Yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. But he's... <laughs> But he is like, I think what I took away, the best takeaway I took from that documentary was how much he could stay in the moment longer than anybody. Talk about that a little bit. Well, it's one of the things that I try to stress and teach to the athletes and teams I work with. And if you're in the present moment, it's almost impossible to have a negative emotion. All of the negative emotions, frustration, anger, sadness, angst, come from hanging on to something that happened in the past, mm. a missed shot, um, or looking too far ahead in the future and worrying or dwelling on the future. So when we can stay in the present moment, that's when we're more likely to have that peak performance. Right. You know, I, I say this all the time with my players. You know, you know, I coach the New Zealand national team, and every coach has told them, you have to get in the gym and take 500 shots. Okay. And they go to the gym, they take the 500 shots and then they get in the game time. They miss wide open jump shots. And then everyone's yelling from the stands, bend your legs, follow through. See, I told you you should have gone to the gym. All these things. What are a few 
just tips you can give someone right away as we open up the show? My favorite is an ac acronym, WIN, W-I-N, what's important now? Mm. And when you catch yourself worrying about that missed shot or whatever it may be in your particular sport, then ask yourself what's important now. What's important now might be to get back on defense or go grab that rebound. But training just to automatically think that way, and it starts with that acronym WIN. Uh, I think that, that's my easy first one I like to give. <laughs> that's good. Everyone go out there and win. Because but what win. I love about that is that like that could apply to anything in your life. Exactly. I, I catch myself doing it a lot when I'm not in the present moment. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not winning this moment. When? Yeah. And I think some of the, the, the other part that why that's really important is because we're lit. I mean, in reality, we're not trained to be super positive or have this great mindset moving forward, right? You have to practice it over and over again. So when you're working with, you know, athletes, teams, I know you do that all over the country. What, uh, besides when, what are some things that you're kind of get them to do? Um, with staying in the present moment, another one, and I think it's a great exercise we can do right now, and it's becoming in touch with our five senses. The more you're in your five senses, the more likely you're going to be in the present moment. And so a suggestion I've been given, if I do this every day when I walk the dogs, all right, how many different smells can I smell? And I'm so in tune into the smells that I am there in that moment. And after I do that, I'll, okay, how many different things can I notice on my walk today? But training my bay comes into play then when I'm competing. And it's just learning to control your focus for, for it to be where it needs to be in the moment. Um, another simple thing that I do is just to break whatever the negativity is, is to stare at the sky for 10 seconds. Huh. Now, some people might think you're praying, Right. The whole, the next shot goes in, just stare and it breaks your thought. And then you get to start over again. Mm. Um, you know, the next one, a deep breath. And that as simple as that may sound, it's the most underutilized skill that's accessible to us. Take a deep breath and then blow out whatever it is that you're hanging on to. Right. Uh, you know, all, all the things you're talking about is also just another way of meditation as well, too. Would, would, would you say that as well? Exactly. Too? Yeah. Oh, I'm a, a firm leader in, in meditating and preparing your brain beforehand. Right. Yes. Now, I, what I, I, first of all, I love everything you're saying because I believe, you know, I'm on board on your bus absolutely uh, with everything you're saying because I think it's so important. But let's backtrack. You do have a coaching background. Mm -hmm. You know, when did all this stuff come to fruition? When was the aha moment? You're like, wait, I got to do this instead of that. Well, I think it actually started when I was about eight years old. Um, I, I wanted to be an Olympic swimmer. That was my goal. So I was on the swim team. Um, I did pretty well. Unfortunately, a girl my age was an alternate on Olympian, Olympian team, and she swam at a Power Five conference and kind of like I was always behind her. So it kind of pushed me away, I guess. Um, but eight years old, we were at a swim meet. You know, how they have tables with little stuff to sell. There was a, I wouldn't call it a book. It was an accumulation of pages glued together on the power of your mind. Mm -hmm. And this was before sports psych really started. And I wanted it. And my parents were like, you're not going to read that. And I was like, <laughs> I want that. I, I want that. And I still have it today. It's all torn up. But that's when I knew 
I didn't really know, but right. something told me that there's something to this. And then as an athlete, I played tennis in college, I mean, and basketball in college. Mm -hmm. And I was never the quickest, fastest, tallest, strongest, but I had some success due to mental skills, being physically and mentally in shape. Again, I didn't really know what I was doing, but anything I could read uh, on the power of the mind. And then my aha moment came. Uh, I was lucky to meet a man named Dr. Patrick Cohn. He's down in Orlando, Florida, um, and very well known in the sports psych field, and really liked what he was selling and saying. And I was like, I need this. Mm. At that time, I was men and women's tennis coach in college, and I wanted it to help me be a better coach. And then it led ultimately into the job I do now. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, when you saw your tennis players, now, how far was that in your career when you started doing things with your tennis team? I always did it unorganized or whatever I could pull from reading. Uh, so I didn't really have much organization to it and I didn't have a good background in it. But we always had five, 10 minutes before or after practice um, we visualize and I don't even call it visualization. I didn't right. even know it. It was like, I want you to go home and I want you just to think about winning the match tomorrow and seeing yourself. Right. Win. You, you know, to me, that's fun. I don't yeah. know why every athlete would want to do that. <laughs> no, that, so, so talk about like how you see visualization or all the different things you're talking about. How does that fit into someone's practice? You know, I'm sure you've talked to coaches like, I don't know how much time I have. Why, why are we spending? I could be doing this with my team or working on this. What do you foresee it? You running a practice, how would it look like? Um, I think every team in sport, I think there's going to be individual differences, but I think there needs to be five, 10 minutes minimum at the beginning. And we're planning, this is what we want to happen. Here are some ways to implement this in practice. And then I think ideally, then it's interspersed during the practice. Um, you know, we're reminding the athletes or challenging them with whatever concepts we've talked about beforehand. And then a five, 10 minute follow up afterwards. Mm -hmm. To me, that's ideal. I know coaches say, hey, I'm limited. I can't do that. <laughs> um, but but we work so hard physically. and. Then when we're challenged or stressed or miss that first shot, we're often not equipped how to handle it. Right, right. And it really, you know, starts, that's when you see your athletes spiraling out of control in many ways, going down um, with it. When you see, what do you see the, the job parents have when it comes to helping their son or daughter gaining that mental strength, that mental sharpness? Their job is to help them get the right resources. Yeah. I think most parents, uh, you're an exception. I know you're a parent of an athlete, <laughs> but you would be an exception since you specialize in this. Um, but I think it's hard for the children to hear the parents now trying to give them something else, especially if they're not, if that's not their specialty. Uh, so the first thing I say is get them the resources, whether it's a person or a book or something. And I think that's the best way. But also every time a parent calls me to talk to me about maybe their child working with me, I, and they'll say, well, I don't want them to think they need help. So I, I think it's important that <laughs> it's a specialty coach. It's like, uh, you know, if I'm a golfer, it's my swing coach. Mm 
-hmm. or it's my strength and conditioning coach, except for my brain. Um, so it's another specialty and it's another way of getting an extra edge. And that's the way I like to tell parents to help their athletes want to, because if the athlete doesn't want to do it, it's not going to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, th I don't know if I told you the story about my son, you know, my son's a swimmer, yes. swims at Iowa. And, you know, I talk about, he would go to my different events and he'd hear, he would hear me speak about, you know, leadership, meditation, visualization. And, you know, I'd just say, Preston, you should probably try it a couple of times. Like, yeah, whatever, dad. So he goes, he's like every freshman at school wants to transfer because he just hates it for no reason whatsoever, except for the fact that he's not performing well. And then I remember he's like, he's, he's swimming against Notre Dame. He's at the hotel the night before in South Bend, Indiana. He calls me. He's like, all right, dad. I'm like, what, what's going on, man? He goes, let's, all right, I'm ready to try that meditation shit you talk about. All the time. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. Well, I'm glad you have an open mind. Uh, so let's go, you know, so he sat there and he, you know, we, we, we did the deep breathing. We did the visualization, everything you're talking about, just noticing how the water feels, noticing how it is to be in the water. Um, what if my goggles fill up with, with water? What if my coach gets mad at me? All of these things. So now his mind is, is, is protected. And we did it about two or three times over the next few meets. And then he said, dad, I got this. And I was like, oh, well, that means he's not going to do it anymore. Well, he kept doing it. And then he gets the Big Ten Championships and shaves off four seconds of his time to get to the Big Ten Championships. I only tell that story not to brag about my power. No, no, just kidding. Well, I to, <laughs> and, I and to brag about your son. And to brag about my son. <laughs> but I'd say this story because when parents talk to you, because I'm pretty sure they're asking you, all right, Tammy, I think it's great, but what is my ROI? What is my return on investment? When do I see it? How long does it take? What do you tell them? The number one thing is I don't guarantee results as far as wins or time because um, we can't control that. that. That's things we can't control. Right. If, you know, if I'm a tennis player, I can't control winning. The other player just might be better. Or, you know, there might there's so many factors. So, number one, I like to explain that. I, I can't guarantee results. What I can guarantee if the athlete's willing to work on it and put in and get in the reps like they do physical, that they will be better equipped to deal with anything thrown their way. Mm. And ultimately they're gonna have a steady baseline of confidence, which if we have confidence and we know how to deal with adversity, we're gonna have success. Right, right. The, the confidence part, have you had any pushback on the confidence part? Meaning, oh no, my, my player, my center, they don't lack confidence. No, they're, they're confident. Have you had that? And what do you say to that? You know, that's very rare that I hear that. Right. Most people that reach out are, my kid has zero confidence. Um, so I don't know if I'm lucky or just haven't yeah. experienced no. as much. But uh, to me, it's easier to build confidence than to help someone with confidence who already thinks they have confidence and they right. don't really. Right. Yeah, I, I had that. The only reason I asked is I had that phone call about two weeks ago and says, you know, my, my son is really confident. And I said, well, how so? Is that confident on social media or actually confident on the court? Like there's two different types there. And they were like, oh, well, maybe social media. I was like, all right, well, we're, we're going to have to we're going to have to get through all that stuff. Shifting back. OK, so you you were a college tennis coach, men's and women's tennis coach. What was the driving force to you like saying, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to dive into something bigger than just coaching tennis. I'm going to dive in to really unlock the athlete's mind and help as many people as I can. 
Well, I think most of us that have been college coaches, you're always looking for that exit strategy of, <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's be real. Yes. We'll do. Yes. <laughs> and, and so I knew, you know, somewhere along the line, I would need a new career or want a new career uh, just because of the recruiting, the travel, it, mm-hmm. it takes a toll after a while at, on the college level. And I thought I need an exit strategy. And so that was part of it because I enjoyed it. It was helping our teams be successful. And then it was finally, you know, I can make a career out of this. A, mm. a couple of the teams at the college I was working with were kind of my guinea pigs. Right. And they liked what had they had seen happen on the tennis side. And they were like, hey, do you will you come in and work with my team? And we had great results. And then the basketball team there, I think they had won eight games the previous year. That year they won, I think, 21 and beat a team in their conference that hadn't been beaten like three years and they had never beaten them. Mm-hmm. Now, all that wasn't due to the mental, but it was a, they all, the athletes and the coach, said, hey, that was a big part of it. So yeah. that helped. You know, having that kind of result is a good <laughs> <laughs> it is good boost. <laughs> And so then, it, you know, people hear, hey, and, and that coach, you know, right. gracious enough, you know, hey, if, if you're looking to get better, use Tammy. Right, right. And so then now, I thinking, I can do this. And what was, was there any fear? Like, how, how did you make that decision? Because that's, that's pivoting, right? That's changing. That's saying, now I'm depending on just me to bringing home income. I'm no longer getting this, this, this from this, the, the college or university. You, you know, I don't know if I really felt that fear. I know it was there, but I do think that's where my training helped me. I was so focused on being successful that I don't know if I stopped to now looking back. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I did that. <laughs> um, but it, it just felt so natural and it felt. I almost felt guilty taking money for doing it because it felt fun and a hobby. And, you know, maybe I was too naive to feel fear at that time as well. I I think a few years later, then it was like, oh, this is great. But where's my next paycheck coming from? Where's my next? And, And so I had to work through that and just trust myself. And if I did what I needed to do, it would come. Yeah. I think you touched on something that's very important because we, there's a lot of entrepreneurs who also listen to the show and talk about the, the sort of like that feeling guilt of like, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll charge you for this. And this is how much it is. And yeah, just pay me whatever, you know, because there, there's that stage that happens. What was that like? Um, that was the scariest part for me. I had no clue what to charge. Um, I didn't really know how to set up contracts. I wasn't a business person. I was clueless on the business side, um, but, but I just thought I'll figure it out. And so I would think one thing I would tell entrepreneurs is don't sell yourself short. Mm. I think early on, but again, I loved it. And I was making enough to pay the bills. So I was like, but it, you know, looking back now, I've had some of my early on coaches say like, man, you are cheap. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's, you know what, I think that's, that's when you've really have jumped into entrepreneurship when the very first thing is like, yeah, you're really cheap and you're in your mind, you're like, yeah, but wait, I am. Wait a second. Oh, shoot. You'd pay more. Ah. <laughs> I'm like, why did you tell me that then? You can. Yeah. 
you are not helping my cause whatsoever. <laughs> now talk about, I know you, um, you are also an author. You have uh, two books out. You have one coming out on the way. Talk about those great resources. The new one that I'm very excited about is This Is Good. And This Is Good is actually an African folktale that I read, gosh, probably about 20 years ago. And it just resonated with me. The whole idea is, can we find the good in whatever's happening? Mm. Um, so like in the story, a king's thumb gets blown off. Well, what's the good in it? And ultimately, he finds that. And it's kind of ironic that it's coming out right now in this pandemic. But that has been my challenge of what is good? You, you can tell me all day what is bad, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but how much happier and more successful are you going to be if you can find what is good in the situation? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't find that in that moment, but the key is to stay alive mentally to allow something good to happen. Um, You know, in sports, almost every championship team has that loss, that embarrassing loss or heartbreaking loss. And maybe you don't find the good in that moment, but as long as they don't let it affect their confidence, turn on each other, turn on the coach, then often they look back and like, yeah, that was good. That's when we turn things around. Um, So anything that happens in life, some examples are harder than others. So that's kind of the gist of the book. Um, But I told it to a team I worked with this fall. And a lot of teams like it and will chant it or say it, but this team grabbed a hold of it. And it was probably the most adverse season I've ever been with. If if adversity could happen, it happened to them. And just the power they learned and the importance beyond winning and just how it changed their lives and my life. And so the book is, yes, it's telling how do we create this this is good mindset as it tells the story of my journey with this team. So uh, I'm excited for it to be out. Um, you know, it, it's kind of holds a deep place in my heart because, you know, just the specials, you know, being with that team and how special they were. Right. I love that. I love that. I, you know, it's very similar. I, um, a few years ago, I, I ended a relationships and I, I go see a therapist. I think it's really important to go talk to someone all the time. And, you know, I'd, I'd sit there with him and, and he would say, what's going on? I'm like, well, you know, I, I didn't have a great week. You know, I, I miss her because of this, 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 he said, okay. He listened to everything. And he said, okay, now tell me what don't you miss? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, so then I started naming off things and I was like, and then all of a sudden, like you, you, everything starts leveling off, right? It, it, the same thing with you, what you're talking about, this is good. Like we all talk about like, oh, this is horrible, blah, blah, blah. So then everything is heightened, but then we start saying, all right, what is good? Just like you said, what is good? And it starts leveling off with it. And I think that's a great mantra for teams, programs, and even individuals to, to really grab onto with it. It, it's it's been powerful my life and then what I saw with this team um, you know they would say it on the field like if someone scored on them they'd start chanting this is good this was a soccer and the other team would look at them like are you crazy <laughs> so we, we really had a lot of fun with it yeah. well props to that coach too who was open to that right I can't yeah. imagine yes so many coaches would be like stop saying this is good they just scored on you this is not good no. <laughs> and I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, some teams will say, well, I didn't have coach will say I didn't have success with a mental coach or something, but it's all 
if the coach is open and receptive to what you're giving them. Right. right. And the coaching staff would shout, this is good as well. So they bought in. Yeah. You're going to have success. I love it. And talk about the other two books that you have as well, too. Okay. Uh, The Confident Athlete was my first one. And it's four easy steps on how to build confidence. Um, Confidence was always uh, an issue for myself. If you saw me in high school, outside of me, you would have thought, yeah, she's confident. On the inside, I was on this roller coaster. Mm. Oh, I hit a shot. Okay, I'm confident. Oh, I missed my next shot. (laughs) Good job. Oh, coach yelled at me. Um, Even academically, I felt the same. And it, it just, it took a toll on me. Right. And so as I got to college and graduated, um, I, again, I just started reading anything I could about confidence. And so it's been a lifelong journey because selfishly, I wanted to have a stable you know, baseline of confidence and get off that roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And so then someone said, I need to write a book. Hey, you do the speaking, you come in to talk to us, you need something to leave behind. And I had this hang up about writing. Nope, I don't write. I'm not a writer. Right. I mean, nope. And I was told in school I couldn't write. I made great grades, except anything with writing. Right. Um, English teacher in a senior year in high school gave me an F on a, a oh. report. Said it was too good to be mine. Mm-hmm. Okay. She, she just <laughs> And so, you know, I was standing that, staying in that comfort zone of, nope, I can't write. And uh, I had a coach I was working with, and he challenged me, and he was like, you're not writing because you say you can't write, but you tell us to go do stuff we don't want to out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you're, you're right. Okay. <laughs> Touche. <Yeah. laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to show them I can do it. Um, right. And there were many times I wanted to stop, but I, I saw my uh, English teacher and that gave me the motivation. I thought about mailing her a copy, but I decided not to. I didn't <laughs> Um, but anyway it's uh the book is the four steps that I have found if I am intentional about every day I'm going to have a strong line a strong baseline of confidence Mm -hmm. and that's our self-talk all the thoughts we have it's our body language it's the images that we have of ourselves and how we see ourselves performing or being and then preparation putting in the work I mean, ultimately, if you don't put in the work, it's hard to, you know, be consistently confident. Right. So in the book, I give stories and easy, simple tips and tricks to help you start making that a habit. Yeah. Now, that's 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 awesome. I know you came spoke at one of my leadership conferences a few years ago when you had that book out. And I, I know I know still have a bunch of people saying, yes, I got I spoke with Tammy or I emailed her or whatever. And I think that, you know, the impact that people we leave with is huge. And I think a book is, is a big part. So what's, what have you been doing during the COVID time, right? There's a lot of talk on, you know, how is it, is it changing? Does it change how you run your business and the work that you do? It has changed my business drastically. Now I I will lead in by saying that right before the shut in lockdown, whatever you want to call it, I made a comment I would love two weeks to do nothing to finish this book. (laughs) Be careful what you ask for. (laughs) Boom, you got two weeks and more. (laughs) So it definitely gave me the free time to focus on getting the book done. 
Um, so that is a this is good in it. Um, secondly, I really struggle, and it's not my comfort zone to do stuff virtually. Mm -hmm. um, as I've grown, I have a lot of teams out west and Midwest, so I've had to. So all of the experience I've been getting with Zoom has made me a lot more confident with Zoom. With Zoom. Mm -hmm. so, um, also, my goal, I have a goal every year of how many people I want to reach. That's my goal. Not wins, not money, not whatever, because I figure if I can reach those people, then everything else is taken care of. Right. Um, and what, I, I'm not getting paid that much for things I'm doing. I'm sure like you, we're, we're having to help people for free right now. And that's right. great. I'm, I'm in my numbers more than I would if I were, you know, busy working with athletes and teams and engaged in them. Um, I miss that part. I'm not saying I want to do this always, but it really has allowed me to reach out and positively affect a lot more people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. It's you're, we end up like meeting more people, you know, right. We yeah. end up getting the word around. I mean, I'm, I'm doing more podcasts than ever. And I'm like, oh, man, I am getting backlogged. I better catch up with all this stuff because all of a sudden, you know, people are available and you're able to to get in touch with them and and, and everything else. Um, I'm so glad you, you came on, Tammy. What are just a few other things that you see as people moving on? How do people stay mentally strong during this time, especially? You know, I'm, I'm calling this time the great separator. I think uh, what I've seen in talking to various athletes and coaches and coaches are included in this. We have the group that, poor me, my sport's been taken away from me. We have the, oh yeah, me, now I get to be a sloth and watch Netflix and play games all day. And then there's the third group, oh yeah, me, I get to set myself apart. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think it's the athlete and the coach that are getting creative are, how can they better themselves? And I don't say better necessarily as in, shooting better, but maybe it's another skill that's going to help you be successful. Or maybe it's learning time management, or there's so many ways that we can improve ourselves all around it. And that's what I'm wanting to stress to people. You know, are you applying the mental game? This is a perfect time now to be applying the mental game and visualizing. Right. So that's, that's kind of what I'm stressing right now and continuing to find that this is good. Yeah. Yeah, the, this is good. You're able to connect. You're able to visualize all these things that I think as coaches, even when I was coaching was like, I don't have time for this or I've got this to do. All of a sudden, you know, you're right. We are getting what we wanted. We are getting time to basically stand still and give us the opportunities to do it. But now that we're in this moment, I talk to different coaches and now, or just people in general, and they are just like, oh, now I have another Zoom call. I have six straight Zoom calls. I'm like, hey, you're, you're at home. You're at home. You could be in your PJs. What are you talking about? Like, come on, let's go. You know? So, I mean, luckily we got dressed for this uh, podcast, but I mean, otherwise, what? no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, it's true. I mean, every, I don't know a coach that didn't wish they had a little time off just right. to refuel athletes as well. So yeah. enjoy that time, you know, enjoy the time with family. You know, right. my two dogs are going to be spoiled after this, though. Yeah, they're like, why are you here? Mom, leave the house now. <laughs> <laughs> You're still here. All right, now let's think about fast forward. People are heading back to schools. You know, we're going to see a lot of coaches more frustrated and a lot of players frustrated because I'm foreseeing 
that the coach is going to be like, oh my gosh, where's our team? They're not in shape. They're not prepared. And the players are going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm not very good. I used to be good. I used to be able to lift this. I used to be able to make shots. Now I'm not the player that where I, I could be. Where is that, you know, how could you bring that bridge together? You, you know, I was talking to a lacrosse coach yesterday about this. And the analogy I gave, it's, it's like we're all dealing with an injury. When you're injured and sitting out, those are typical thoughts people have. And when you, but the good thing about this, we're all injured. So we're all coming from the same place. Hmm. So yes, people are going to be rusty, but so are other teams because they haven't had this time. And, and so I think it's putting it in its perspective, but more importantly, it's focusing on you and you getting better in that moment. Just win that moment without, again, thinking about how you were in the past or worried about the future. And so that kind of ties into what, how we open this up. Stand in the moment, learning to stay in the moment. My job right now is to get better, not to worry about what's going to happen in our first game, not to dwell on how I used to be. Right. And I, and I, I think those are great nuggets for coaches and players to kind of realize, you know, with it, it's, it's a big thing. I've been talking to coaches. I said, you know, what are you doing right now? Let's say it's going to end in 30 days. What is your 30 day plan or 60 day plan on how you are strengthening your players' minds, even through a text, even through a phone conversation? Um, you know, I, you know, I coach that New Zealand team. They're 9,000 miles away. Like even with me, I'm challenged. Right? What am I going to do to build them up when I wake up, they're going to bed on another day in another continent. And, and New Zealand has more restrictive laws in terms of not going out at all, you know? Okay. So, so you can't even go outside. So there was, I had to deal with a lot of the, the mental stress with them, but I mean, all those things with it. I, that, Tammy, this has been amazing. I'm so glad you're able to stop by the neighborhood. I got one last question for you. Okay. When they make the mental performance coaching movie starring you, who <laughs> is going to play you on the big screen, Tammy? Oh, oh my goodness. Who would that be? I know. We bring the hard-hitting questions on the BCA. Wow, you, you threw me a curveball here. <laughs> yes. Uh, give me five to pick from. Oh, what? No, just give me, like, your top three. And it could be anybody. Right now, I have The Rock, Pitbull, and <laughs> Hugh Jackman are all playing me. So, You know, uh, um, oh, what's her name? It's the last... Uh, Lane, what's her name? Uh, she's older, um, but that's the last person. Oh, Lane, her last name is Lane? Right, right. I'm so horrible. Oh, what is her name? Um, um, hold on, hold on. Let me Google this. She was in Secretariat? Mm-hmm. Lane. Oh, Diane Lane. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> that's. I love her. I, I mean, she's just so great. At she is ageless. Ageless, yes. She, now, I don't, her, I don't want to be that old yet. I'm sorry, yeah. but... <laughs> But, but I love We'll do the different stages of your life. We'll figure out like who are the other actresses who are going to okay. play the different stages. I need a little time to think on that. But that, yeah. that was a good football. I like that. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, Demi, go ahead. Tell people how they can get a hold of you, get a hold of your book, where they can reach out to you. All right. Books are on Amazon. Um, my website is www.r2lc.com. Um, it has all my information as well, but Twitter, uh, Tammy, T-A-M-I-M-A-T-H-E-N-Y, 
Uh, I have another handle as well, and that's R2L Coaching. Um, so I try to post a lot. The Tammy Matheny one is just confident tips, and yep. the R2LC is kind of a combination of, of everything. Um, but I also, if people will go to my website, at the bottom of the first page, if you will click on the link there, I have a week or monthly calendar I put out for free on a daily confident tip. Okay. Um, great feedback from it. People love it. They're always asking, hey, when's the next month coming out? So I, I would challenge people. That's an easy step of taking to do something every day for your confidence. Perfect. And don't worry, everybody. I will have all their contact information on the podcast bio or wherever I have to write down all the words and everything else. So, Tammy, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. You are awesome at what you do, and I'll see you soon. All right. Thank you for having me. You got it. You know, every time I have a conversation with Tammy, I leave away just so much better because I think what she builds in her clients and her athletes, the confidence is so huge uh, in the development of people's lives. And, you know, I think I forgot to mention, Tammy actually uh, has been one of our guest speakers at the Moving Up Leadership Conference that will hopefully return in 2021 because we lost a year because of this pandemic thing people keep talking about. So go ahead, reach out to Tammy, uh, grab one of her three books. I have all three, and they are absolutely amazing. Speaking of amazing, I had one person say, H, you say the word amazing so many times. And some of it is because I love the word. Uh, Secondly, I really do think everything is amazing. And third, I should probably go into a dictionary at the source and find another word. But either way, it is amazing. Speaking of that, go ahead, please head on over to iTunes. Rank us, rate us, please. We need your love or your displeasure because we want to get better. And then also head over to HernandoPlanels.com. I know I keep asking you to head over there and pick up your copy of High Performing Gratitude, but I'm telling you, I've been honored, blessed, um, and and almost borderline embarrassed because the reviews have been just, uh, just awesome. And I can't thank you guys enough. If you're interested and willing to pick up the 30-Day Gratitude Journal for athletes, coaches, leaders to design to help you get better, please head on over, hernanoplanels.com, pick up high-performing gratitude, and let me know how it works out for you. But in the meantime, keep sliding into the DMs, keep emailing me, and continue to be a light for others around you.